bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, Sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. Brought to you by the Second Baptist Bar and Grill, your exorcism specialist. Well, we're back for yet another episode of Sidetracked. Going to get a little bit into the Farm Machinery Show here coming up in Louisville this weekend. Actually, starting today, I was recording here on Wednesday. Charles in studio with us, along with Nathan Drob and special guest Evan Booms. What do you got planned for today, Charles? Well, I got a whole bunch of things. First and foremost, uh, with the Farm Machinery Show going on this weekend in Louisville, Kentucky, a big announcement regarding this program itself. You'll want to. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears open for what that's going to be. We're not going to let the cat out of the bag just yet, but the announcement will come on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm making the trip down there, so be prepared. Uh, as far as pulls to recap, we had nothing last week. Uh, all we got right now really is a few news points to get to once we're in our new segment here. And uh, focus on the National Fire Machinery Show. I mean, biggest pull out there. Probably one of the oldest invitationals, and uh, definitely a pull on the forefront of everybody involved in tractor pulling. Absolutely. We're going to give you our picks in every single class, including the finals. I would be surprised if uh, we hit more than about three apiece. Oh, no, I've got them all down pat, especially pro stock. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I ran the numbers last night. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going 100%. <laughs> you, you went through your processes? Yes, I did. <laughs> damn engineers all right which so, sets him up for the ultimate epic fail <laughs> well let's get on to our uh, first bit of news i know charles you had something to talk about just uh we've seen it hit our radar on facebook here along with a couple other articles we can't cover in uh the regular side track program as compared to off the rails but uh, why don't you tell us about our lovely federal government organization? Yeah, something the internet absolutely exploded with here yesterday in particular. SEMA bringing this to everyone's attention that there's some model leg legislation in place for particularly heavy diesels and, and heavy equipment out there. But contained within that legislation is some specific language related to competition vehicles. Depending on who you read and what you look at, um, some people will tell you this is a doomsday scenario and a massive overreach by the EPA. They're going to ban everything that's a race car. After 2018, you won't be able to get race parts, anything of that nature. Actually read the legislation, and it will take some serious sentence diagramming to find out what it says. And I was up very late last night looking at it. And what you will find in there is a lot of the um, legislation specific to competition cars carries over from a 2004 law. There's exemptions in place. The manufacturers know about them. They have to certify that their parts are not for road use. That's the key piece, not for road use. You're on a racetrack. EPA doesn't care. What is important with this new legislation is a rule saying that heavy-duty engines will be exempt from this, and they will be held to the standard. So it could mean a problem for, depending on how they, how they specifically define a heavy-duty engine, and there's a couple hundred pages in there where it goes into it, and I didn't have that much time, but it could be a problem for some of the semi-truck classes and maybe even, uh, dare I say it, diesel pickups if they get classified as such. I'm highly disappointing you. What do you mean you didn't have the time to thoroughly prepare for the show like I do? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and I think the scary part is I've, you know, in the automotive industry, we do a lot of work. I worked for Daimler a couple of years, and a lot of this legislation, I think, comes from, you know, Europe and other places with uh, the missions, and they're real stringent on 
when we had a few Germans that came over here and they took a ride in our cars or in our trucks, they can't believe that we're allowed to modify our, our cars and trucks at will. So you see like a Mercedes Benz or BMW with the AMG mm-hmm. series, they buy them because those are certified through the European government. And that's the only way they can get parts. Every part they have to buy, whether it's tires, rims, aftermarket, all has to be certified through the government. And it's, it is a little scary that we could be going in that direction. Well, I think for my own part, I'm concerned that if you parse the words correctly, it can be a bit of an overreach. And the same administration that can't come up with a proper test loop for stock vehicles and allows you to cheat on a two-roller dyno like they did with Volkswagen probably shouldn't really be concerned right now with what uh, Jim Bob's doing with his Fox body. Well, why not? I mean, well, you got to regulate them and tax them as much as we can. Then you're going to take every single car I drive off the road. You know, and the thing is that there's no real teeth in this legislation. There is a civil penalty in there for $37,500 per occurrence. They would not be charged to the individual owning it. It would be charged against the shop doing the modifications. I personally saw this threat get levied against a lot of the chainsaw stuff about five years ago, and it scared a lot of the dealers away from porting saws and and changing the mufflers on them because they were scared that an EPA agent was going to show up, walk through their shop, and go, nope, we're finding a 37 grand. So... This is not a new idea. I do think that the industry is going to is going to fight it. There's like a thirty something like thirty four billion dollars in aftermarket, and it includes the manufacturers themselves. I'm pretty sure that uh, Ford, Chevy, and Dodge do not want drag packs, Copos, and Cobra Jets being banned anytime soon. Yeah, let's just hope we have some people in some special interest groups that uh, don't share that same idea. Yeah, you really can't alienate one of your biggest ta- you know tax bases out there. I mean, let's face it, just about every middle-class Joe Blow who isn't out on a golf course is going to be out there wrenching on, whether it is a Fox body or Camaro or a pulling tractor or whatever it is, you know, they've got their little hobby where they're modifying an engine. They're not going to just silence them guys in one stroke of the pen if they're halfway smart, which we are talking about the U.S. government, so I may have to beg to differ on that one. Yeah. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because I don't want this show to turn political. Yeah, and this is, seems way too professional for this show, so I say we move on. Hey, Let's I, go. Didn't, I didn't make any party affiliations. We all know everybody in the government. But it is out there. <laughs> it's on the radar. It's on It's on the radar. I felt we should address it. I wanted to give my piece on it. I will watch what's going on with it here in the coming months. Um, this model legislation, I guess, is set for another evaluation, I guess we'll call it, in July of this year, and it's set to be enacted in 2018. We'll see if it actually gets there. Kind of don't think so. But you wouldn't let me discuss my political topic we wanted to bring up, but then again, that does have nothing to do with polling. Right. <laughs> so this week, fortunately, no bits, knock on wood. Uh, once again, if you know of anybody out there involved in the polling sport who uh, has recently passed away, shoot us a message. Go to our website, sidetrackpulling.com. Shoot us an email, AP at Sidetrack Pulling, or get a hold of us on Facebook, Sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. Let us know. Give us a little bit about the person. We'd love to highlight them. We are a pulling family, so we definitely want to give them the due credit and honor they deserve. So I guess that leaves us with one topic. Farm Machinery Show. Mr. Drob, you've been doing some homework. Yeah, and I figured, you know, I'm, I'm kind of new to this whole thing. You haven't been doing, you know, the tractor pulling since I've been, uh, you know, in the birth canal like these two guys but i figured i'd bring uh you know some interesting facts that i found about the uh farm show and uh hopefully um you guys find it interesting the uh the show actually started in 1969 
um, four years after 69. the farm, <laughs> four years after the machinery show actually started. So they had a four-year period where there was no pulling at, at the farm machinery show. Uh, the newest class added was 2011 with uh, my favorite class, and I know it's Andrews, which is the uh, 4x4 Superstock Diesel. Actually, I would have thought light Superstock would have been added after them. No, they were there before, and then they went away for a year or two, and then they brought uh... them back. Somewhere I've got pictures of the huge banner that got made. Bring back the light super. And uh, <clears throat> Saturday finals night, uh, they didn't. That didn't happen until 1993. So there's a three facts about the shows that uh, hopefully everybody finds interesting. And there's a lot of pulling going on. There's eight classes, twelve total sessions. There's about 176 hooks in four days, Wednesday through Saturday, with the finals being on Saturday night. And uh, Pretty even mix, four alcohol classes and four diesel classes. So um, obviously there's some that are more popular than others, and there's larger numbers when you come to the, you know, obviously the pro stock, which I believe is probably Charles Andrew degree, one of the most popular classes out there this year and uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, they have three sessions um, before the finals of just different pro stocks. Um, it's two the sessions. one everybody wants to see, and they hold it till last thing in the finals. Yep. And, you know, uh, we, we talked about it before. Unfortunately, a class is really dead in the state of Michigan, and it kills me. Yeah. Because it's a really great class to watch. Um, but kind of looking forward to get a chance to see some uh, major caliber pro stocks down there. So, let's see here. Well, do we? Uh, is that all for your uh, yeah, that's awesome all I got. facts? That's all I got for facts. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to go into the picks. The rules are simple. Pick the winner in every single class right on through the finals, and then the tiebreaker, which we're not going to need, but we're going to do it anyway, is <laughs> to go closest to the pin in a finals class of your choice. We need not pick all the same one. We, we just tell you how far the winner in that class is going to go, and that'll be the tiebreaker, whoever gets closest. So are we writing these down, or are we going to send just, our uh, picks out? And... I'll, I'll take them off the... I'll write them later off the... Oh, you're going to listen to everything? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll do our picks, and then we'll go through the class, break down who's in the classes, because let's face it, this is some of the best iron you're going to see out there at this poll. Uh, first class coming out of the gate will be the 8,200-pound diesel super stock class. Mr. Drab, I'm going. I'm going with Steve Berg. Locked, locked and load. Wise choice. Double champion coming in. Steve Berg seems like a very favorite. Good one to go with. He, you know, he is trying. Like Charles said, he's got the new tires on there, and we'll see. See if he not, runs those again. Not the only one. Oh, we do have another one out with the Midas tires. At least one of the ceramic tractors has them, if not both. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the guy who's been kind of doing quite well in the winter circuit, and I'm really still pulling for him. To kind of do the Travis Schleybacher last year, Mr. Kent Payne with Super Rooster. I kind of thought the drop was doing a safe choice. Give me the Texas Cotton Farmers. I want Stan Blagrave, the red horse. Another tough choice. I mean, great, great choice there. 7,200-pound mod class. Looks like we're about half and half in the class. There's only 11 entries, but half NTPA, half PPL. Charles? Drive went first. We'll go around Robin on this. All right. Give me the uh, defending PPL champion and a household name in the Freedom Hall. I want Wayne Sullivan, the Tonka, Kentuckian. You know what? I I have to go with Wayne Sullivan also. Tonka is a tough. Give him the home field advantage on that one. Definitely a good pick there. Well, I think I have to 
I hold my paper a little way because that's who I picked, and I think you guys are copying. So, <laughs> so pro stock first session. My turn. We're gonna go out first. Guy, brand new sheet metal, brand new, brand new paint scheme for the tractor. I gotta give Rob Russell the nod with Workhorse. I think there's some magic debuting a tractor with brand new sheet metal down at the National Fire Machinery Show. Yeah, and I thought just the opposite. So uh, I'm going on this one. I'm going with Carlton Cope because it's my favorite tractor. So he was a choice I really like just for sentimental reasons. But I'm going with some ancient tin work. I want the Linder Brothers out of Ohio. That was another choice I was looking at quite hard, but uh, we'll see how that shakes out in the finals too. Is that the first green tractor that's been picked so far? Yeah, it is, and there's going to be. A lot more, at least on my sheet. <laughs> you know, I'm a very heavily red guy, and yeah, I had to give the nod to quite a few green ones. So, next class we have up is 9,300 pounds Super Farm, the first uh, tractor or first uh, event for them of the weekend. Mr. Drab, what is your pick? Yeah, and I have to say, I cheated a little bit. I called uh, Phone a Friend. Wasn't there a show where you could phone a friend before? Yeah. Who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. Wants to be a millionaire. So There's I phoned nobody a- in this room like that. Maybe you, but. I, pho- I phoned a few friends on this one, and my pick was uh, Russell Freeze in the uh, John Deere Deere tracks with the forty four thirty John Deere. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Charles, who do you have? Somebody who's been very successful in the Freedom Hall building as well and has had some success on the national tour. I'm picking Jed Pettis Dixie Deer. Ooh. That was my second choice. That, that, that's a good one. And he's I, in a 4255, I believe. Look at you. How many hours did you spend studying tractors to be able to know this stuff? A lot. Let's went, just say I was pretty went, tired this morning. If he did, then he went backwards because he was in 8400 sheet metal a while ago. <laughs> All right. My nod is also to Russell Freeze with Deer Tracks. Tough running John Deere out there. Did really well down in Gordyville. Looking for him to do well again down in Louisville. Next class up, first class for the 6,200-pound two-wheel drive super mod pickups. Charles, who do you have? I got the guy who's dominated every time he steps in that building the last couple seasons, Joey Frazier running block. You know what? I th- We have two classes plus the finals of the two-wheel drive pickups. You'd be amiss not to put a Petro truck in at least your uh, finals, or not your finals, but at least in your preliminaries. I had to give the nod to Joey. I went with Randy. Honestly, he, he's Kathy's been doing it. Yeah, he's it's been doing one. it longer. And I think really this one, it comes down to with you guys. It's going to be a Petro, I think, is a good choice. And it depends, you know, like Charles was saying, it's hook order, right? I think if, you know, Joey gets first hook and Randy gets second, there's an advantage. If Randy gets yeah, first and is. Joey gets second, I mean, there's, there's just a huge advantage here. One guy, I'm sorry, Dr. Tim Messer, I already know you're starting 16th tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, that brings us up to open super stock. I get the first pick, and I'm sorry. I've hold got on, to hold go. on. Do we really need to even pick this class? Yeah, we do. Well, we got to pick it, but I can. I almost. I have a feel like it's, it's, a, it's a coin pick. toss on him, which one he's going to pick. You know what? I got to go right to Richland Center, Wisconsin, for my pick, Mr. Terry Blackburn, with extremely armed to dangerous. Yeah, I got the guy serving up a whole tray of uh, V Haterade. You know what? I, I, Josh is tough, you know, but you, Josh, sorry, you are a chip off the old man's block, but the old man still got all of it. 
Yeah, and that, that I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I picked Terry. I didn't. This took me about a second to run th- run through the list and pick. So I think we can move on from that one. But you know what? That will bring up an interesting point once we get to the light class, because there's something thrown off a little different in that one. I already found it. So, uh, all right, Mr. Drab, you're up first. In the 9,300-pound Super Farm second session for them. Yeah, and I picked, I picked uh, Red Tractor here just because I felt bad because I picked a green one in the first <laughs> one. So I'm, uh, I'm going with the Screaming Norwegian and the uh, Hearts-powered uh, 340 case. You know what? Excellent choice there, Charles. I'm going with some home cooking. Give me my last excuse, Dave Whalen. Another tough one. Dave been on a tear as of late. I had to go to somebody we saw make a great run down in Gordyville, Mr. Josh Miley with the high maintenance. But I do have to give an honorable mention to one of our TTPA brethren, Lee Butts. Congrats, making it down to Louisville. Yeah, good job, buddy. Go get him. All right. Charles, you're up next on this one. 6,200-pound two-wheel drive pickups. Who do you have? Another Kentucky legend who's done very well in this building, beautiful F-150 body truck, Jamie Mattingly, and Spike. Wow. Good one. Was that your underdog pick, or was this? No. 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 All right. I kind of let my eyes take me away uh, there. Uh, my crush for years in pulling. This is <laughs> Miss Lisa Tatum with the full throttle. But I do have an honorable mention on that one, too. Ashley Corzine. What about Renee Theobald? <laughs> I like Renee, but. Oh, God. All three of them are in there. Right? All th- I looked it up, and I'm going. Crap, I'm just going to pick whoever's the hottest out of the two-wheel drive out of the girls. And I go, shit, they put them all in one. That ain't even right. Wow, that's weird. I kind of had the same thought. I don't feel the same <laughs> all of a sudden. So, Ashley Corzine, you got the honorable mention. If you're into overweight chubby guys, hey, I'm always available. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, it's amazing. If you look at my sheet here, I picked Jesse Petro, obviously, right? Because um, I think, you know, he, he's got a ton of wins. He's pulled here a lot. They're still going to be able to draw from the other two trucks, which I don't think any other team's going to be able to. And my honorable mention, Ashley Corzine. I was going to say I knew that <laughs> one was coming up. And I'm honestly really surprised you did not pick her right off again. <laughs> All right. Second run of the 10,200-pound pro stock class. Who's up first? I believe it's Trav. All right, I'm I'm going to go with the obvious choice for me, uh, TS Performance, Brad Moss, favorite tractor. Uh, I know Dennis real well. I know Joe, the guy that uh, makes a dad logger. So for me, I just, I had to. I had no choice. You want to throw a, a couple call. other yeah, names forgot, out there? I forgot Joe was involved in that. Yeah, good. Yeah. You want to throw point. a couple other names out there? Uh, you know, I like Lance Little, but... Um, no, I mean name dropping. Oh, name, I mean, oh sorry. On. No, I, I could go on. Yeah, We're not all good. as high class as you. Sorry. <laughs> Charles, who do you have? I went back to the Buckeye State once more, Danny Schmucker and the Rampage. Ooh, Rampage, very good tractor. But I had to go to Mr. Louisville himself, Mr. Don Masterson in the Tinker Toy. All right. 7,500-pound diesel four-wheel drive pickups, the only class Nathan Drob is familiar with. I wouldn't say that, but I'm going to let you guys pick first because I want to see how this how Charles, this you're up out. first on this one. I'm going to go rock-hard Ram Van Hazley. Ooh, I, I flipped a coin just like I did with every other one of my picks. You don't know how hard it is to get through a you know pro-stock class just flipping quarters till you get to the final one, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I don't I, know. Ask Hillary. She did it in Iowa. <laughs> you know, I did have Van Hazley down, but you know what? I second guess myself. I had to go Carl Atley in the Lethal Weapon. Yeah, that's. I went with Carl as well. Um, you know, Carl hit the wall last year, I believe it was, and uh, he's just really turned out at the end of the season. You know, he's like so. He's been here before Van. Um, I watched him pull in Cloverdale. And there's no doubt Van has the most power. I just don't know if a track like that can hold the power that he's putting down. Doesn't matter how many ponies you're putting out if you can't put it to the ground. You know what? It's going to be awfully cold come Saturday. Maybe he just needs to shoot in a little bit more ether before he drops the hammer. <laughs> and more act- ether! <laughs> and actually, in this class, I was disappointed. My pick before I seen the um, list was uh, another Dieter truck. But uh, obviously, it didn't make it, so... That was my original pick, uh, but not there, so I'm going to go with Carl Alley. All right, 6,400-pound limited super stock. This one is where the kind of the toss-up occurs. I have a feeling we're all going to be fairly close. I know probably you and I, Nathan, are going to be the same pick, but a guy you normally don't see piloting a light super stock taking the seat. I believe I'm up first on this one. I have to go back to the Cheez-It camp, and I'm going against the grain on this pick. Brian Korth with extremely armed and dangerous dangerous excessive force. I don't blame you. He's got the seat time at the lighter weight. Uh, Terry hasn't really driven light tractors since the early 90s. Yeah. Nathan? I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up here, and I'm going with Marco, Marcus Weddelson and the gunpowder and lead here. Ooh, I went with the same satellite tractor out of the the uh, Blackburn stables. I'm going with Marcus. Weddelson you know too. what? That one definitely popped in my head, but like I said, I had to go with the time. So we have one pro stock class left. Charles, who was your pick? I'm going to go with uh, a tractor that has done very, very well in a lot of realms, but hasn't really necessarily climbed the mountaintop, but probably are going to. I'm hoping on Saturday, at least for the sake of my brackets, going with Julia Ray, Mac Daddy, another Ohio pro. But, uh, looks like I thought this was, for me, was one of the hardest classes to pick. This to one be was tough. Uh, there's a ton of you know good tractors, um, and I went with Mac Daddy as well. Wow. You know what, though? You've been doing I, some good homework, man. Yeah, he has, and actually... Uh, it's, this was a very tough pick because there was a Masterson in the class. And it's very hard to walk away from the Mastersons down in Louisville. Oh, that River Rat gets it done in that building, boy. Oh, River Rat and Tinker Toy. But I had to do it. Philip Parrish, El Nino. That's a good choice. Uh, that, that, that definitely did cross my mind. And with the pro stocks, they're just so even. I mean, every tractor in this class is so even. You're a really- lot of it really comes down to where you end up in the dry field. You're really seeing red regain gr- ground against the green in the past two years. I know I talked to you, Charles, what, probably two years ago in my garage drinking beer, what I'd do if I hit the jackpot, and I told you I want to build a top 10 red pro stock. And when we discussed that, it was still very unheard of. And very difficult. And then to do. we saw it get created, and, and then, then it happened. and then we were just killing ourselves because it never came out of a trailer. <laughs> and you know, I was thinking if I hit the lottery and I could build a pro stock with the rules, and I know Andrew loves these rules where it's you know component <laughs> chassis, sheet metal doesn't have the engine. You know, I was thinking about going with an orange tractor. 
Yeah. Kubota. I was going <laughs> to... <laughs> you just made our uh, guest uh, tonight just pass out laughing. So. <laughs> sure. I, 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 was, I was thinking of Belarus, but... <laughs> Mahindra. <laughs> what in the hell are you talking about? Coyote. <laughs> There's a Kiati. I don't know. I don't tractors. Know. I hope I never see out on a pulling track. Minus Kubota, because eventually that is going to happen. And, and, and you Sooner know, or later, somebody will do it. And you know how hard I thought about this? I even came up with a name. Oh, do tell. I can't wait. The Orange Peeler. <laughs> <laughs> You've been giving some serious thought into tractors. Are yeah, we converting not, you? Not much sleep these last couple weeks. <laughs> so. Got some good names for red ones, but I haven't thought of anything for anything else. <laughs> All right, down to the finals. Where it matters more. The bracket system, the deeper you go, the harder it gets. All right, we're going to go back to the top. We'll start at the top, 8,200-pound diesel super stocks. Who's getting the win? I'm going to say uh, Travis Schlebach here. I'm trying not to pick my winners you know, of, of, the, of the session, so I'm going to go with Travis Schlebach. He won it last year. He understands the indoor seams. You know, he had a little troubles this year, but had some time to go back and work on it, and hopefully some of that knowledge will pay off for me. Charles, go ahead. I got Bone Twister rekindling the magic, <laughs> magic too. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. As we discussed before, we are doing closest to the pin on this. Any class you want to pick. And, and, by, and by the way, actually, I will say this, just foreshadowing of all the champ classes, Schleback's the only guy I've got backing up his win from last year. Well, three minds think alike. I got Bone Twister with paint in Louisville, and this is my lock, 241 and 64 for the closest to the pin. Very nice. All right, we're going to roll on to the mod class, 7,200 pounds. Charles, who do you have? Another tractor that has one in this building before. I'm going with Ricky Long, the Lucas Oil Mav TV mod. You know what? Great pick, but I had to get away from PPL on that. I got Bill Leishner pulling one out. You do know he pulls PPL, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say the exact same thing, but I'm going with Adam Bauer. Ooh. They got a ton of resources down there i'm sure in louisville and so he's my pick for for, for the first spot i had to pick bill because i'm facebook friends with him in the past <laughs> week so <laughs> I'm, and bill I'm, showing up in uh, broadbent today signs the speedco logos it's yes, back to just, just the, back to just dirt slinger and, and how many people let's be honest i bet they're all listening right now oh uh, without a doubt uh no here here puff puff pass <laughs> all right i guess i'm up for this pick 10,200-pound pro stock class. Oh, you're going to go right this, to the mountaintop, huh? This is a lock for the win. Last-minute enter- entry, Joel Kinjin in full metal jacket. <laughs> I didn't even see him on here, so I... He's I, not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he's my favorite tractor. Everybody keeps posting exactly. pictures of him for me, you know. In spirit, he'll be there. In spirit, he'll win. But River Rat. Give me the Masterson, boys. Yeah, the hardest class, obviously, to pick here. And I'm going with the one I picked to win the first session, uh, which is Carlton Cope in the Warpath. I love I'm sticking with green, but I'm not staying in Ohio. It's time to throw a temper tantrum. Lance Little, True Grit. Ooh, very good one right there. 
All right, 6,200-pound two-wheel drive pickups. Who do you got, Rob? Uh, like I say, this is another tough class. Look at these spreadsheets he's got spread out in front of us. This yeah, is ridiculous. I think uh, on this one, I'm going with uh, Jesse Petro with the win in the finals on this one. I was uh, actually hoping he had uh, he was going to be pulling the two-timing because that's pretty much my favorite one out of the camp, but in the Buckeye holler, so we'll still. <laughs> what is Charles laughing at? The f- I'm laughing because you and I both did this last night, not today. Neither one of us, we haven't talked. I haven't seen you until well, about 90 I, minutes ago. I picked the same guy. Wow. <laughs> you, you, you know what We've they had say. more than one. <laughs> they say great minds think alike. You know, we may need that tiebreaker, us. <laughs> and, and obviously, Andrew's not on the same page. Uh, no. He's not on a page. You know what I was doing last night? What you weren't doing. We'll and we're going to leave that. it at that. <laughs> you know what? I still have to stay in the Petro stables. I think Keep... Mr. Engineer wants to say something. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> we're not on off the rails. Okay. <laughs> Joey Frazier, give them to me and free them all. All right. 8,000 pound open super stock. Charles, who do you have? This is my upset pick, and I think the weather's going to become a problem. It's going to be very, very cold on Saturday night. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, popping and banging in this class, and uh, some people who you're used to seeing do very well aren't. They're going to fall on their face. I'm bringing in my dark horse, Brent Payne. Get a load of that, Agco, to take the win. And my closest to the pin, he's going to do it, 242.05. Wow, definitely surprising dark horse coming in on that one. I had to give the nod to Mr. Terry Blackburn. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up a little bit, and I'm going with Josh Blackburn here, just just so just so it can, we can get the point spread here. It seems like <laughs> a lot of similar picks. So Still I'm telling gonna, you had Brent too. No, I'm oh, gonna okay. change it. I was going with Terry, but I'm gonna go with All Josh right. here. <laughs> All right, roll on. We've already. Well, I guess we should uh, make sure we mention our. Uh, what we already talked about, diesel four-wheel drive trucks, only running once. I have Carl Atley, as do you, and you have Van Halesley, so that's our finals picks for them. All right, 6,400-pound light super stock, only run once. So Brian Korth, for me, 9,300-pound super farm. This is a tough one, a lot of iron in this class. I do believe I'm up on this pick. And I had to go green, Mr. James Slama and the Fast and Furious. And my only repeat winner on the week is going to be Jed Pettis, Dixie Deer. Yeah, and I'm going to go with a repeat on this one as well with the Screaming Demon. Screaming Norwegian. I'm sorry, Screaming Norwegian. You realize you just said a diesel super stock in a super farm class. Sorry. I'm new to tractors. You gotta remember. I feel like I'm doing pretty good here. So I'm not gonna lie. You've impressed the hell out of me with uh, with what you talked. That's our picks. They're locked in. And stay tuned next week when we find out how big of idiots we actually are and uh, see who actually gets to win the free beer on somebody. I don't know who's gonna pay for. I'm that. surrounded by idiots. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All right, let's break down the classes here. A lot of iron out there. There's a lot of names we didn't mention. Um, I know we gave our picks. Let's start right at the top. 8,200 pounds, super farm. What a class sitting out there. 
you know. That's pretty light for a supercar. Sorry, diesel superstock. I've Fired. had a couple beers. Fired. Fire me. Thank you. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Can I get fired too? <laughs> Component super fired, yes. <laughs> no, you're one of you're one of the you know, names we didn't bring up. Just stand on the bridge and go down on this ship, just like the rest of us. <laughs> Jody Ross, definitely a threat out there. Is it possible to get the job done down in Louisville? I don't know. Yeah, anything's possible, of course. But uh, like we talked, Black Graves being in there, Steve Burge, um, Jeff Demers. list goes on, Brent, Braden Schrammick. And Brian Schrammick in the Legacy debuting brand new sheet metal on the tractor for the pull. Kind of taking off uh, Spiegelberg detonator kind of look on the sheet metal. Really sharp looking tractor to debut down there. Yeah, I did notice they went with the uh, murdered rim look, which you don't see that often on a tractor, which I, I, I personally like. But. I think I think it's it's coming. Spiegelberg started it. You're going to see more. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Jody, can't, or, uh, Jody Womble. Wampuscat, definitely not to be sold short. One thing about Louisville is you can't talk about how great the pullers that are in there. They've earned their right to be in there, and great showcase for them. Kind of a light class, though. Big name, absent, king of smoke, not entered. Yeah, Edson Lane, not there. We can speculate all we want, but like uh, Charles and I were talking, probably going through a rebuild right now. And I, I want to say that I don't know this for 100%, but I think that Doc Christensen chassis probably got about 12 years on it now. It was probably time. Yeah. And that's probably my biggest disappointment for, for not being in the class. He's he's really one of my favorites. Um, you know, I watched him five years ago just dominate this class, right? And he actually did pretty well in you know the alcohol class as well so yeah it's, it's sad to see him not there this year radical red not there because it got sold of course john raymond smoking mirrors is absent as well kind of curious too yeah a lot of names missing like you said a little light on iron for my taste for a diesel super stock class 7500 pound modified tractors bunnage boys bollinger's showing up uh bollinger's running both allison's down there uh wayne bunnage keeps on ticking Joe Stock Boys, what did you tell us about uh, earlier, Charles, before we got here? Yeah, Terry's got a new look on Wild One. Got some sponsorship now from Helena Ag Products, so good for them. Another one, Ricky Long, Stan Sheldon. Just the names go on in these classes. Mr. Twister still does not have the sunburst fenders. They're still the unpainted black. Come on, <sighs> Scott, think he Carrie, you're killing you. me. You think he would have listened to you? We've discussed this. I kind of pounded on it a lot <laughs> the last year. <laughs> All right, 10-2 Pro Stock. We're a lot of green right in there. Haymaker of uh, Nathan Babbler. Randy Bader and the No Fear Deer. Carlton Cope, one of your picks, I believe, Drob, with the Warpath. Um, Patrista Justin, or Justin, or Justin. I can't even talk right now, but what else is new? Corn Fed. That's actually a, a legacy tractor. Um, yeah. The Justison family, uh, Dave Justison, was a puller. Uh, I believe had a Alki Super uh, several years ago, 4020, it ran at the farm show for a number of, number of years. Jason Miller taking the seat of the cruising mule. Actually, entry from Quebec coming in, the CP Dream 2 of Charles Pelletier hailing to us from St. Almond, Quebec. Doesn't that make it Pelletier? Yeah, probably. I'm not that French, so I don't know. 
Uh, keeping on the super farms, uh, rolling in. A lot of names, you know, you look at this first bracket, a lot of names from down south. Um, deer tracks, like we said, Russ Freeze, uh, Clayton Schmidt, Cornhusker Cadillac, another tough deer. Actually would have been my second pick uh, for the class. I almost went with Chris Couch, honestly. Well, that's your picking and grinning. Isn't your gin is another good one? And I think this class isn't it a little disappointing that they're for as many Michigan tractors as there are running oh, around. That they Michigan got is the bastion of super farm, and there's just nothing. none. So I, I was, was really surprised to see Rob Trowbridge only taking one tractor down there, and that being Sid Broughton's. Well, I think that's be- and we. I don't know if we. Yeah, we can say this. I think. Well, it's definitely for sale. That's public knowledge. But the reason why, and, and I think he was hoping actually it would sell by now. Yeah, absolutely. Seems uh, like a pretty good place to sell one. You would think. All the millions of dollars walking around there. All right. Super stock uh, or super mod trucks. Right out of the bat. Another very tough class right out of the bat. Craig Corzine, Joey Frazier, Keith Long. Brian Nelson with Texas Stampede, Randy Petro, Tony Tatum, Reese Sheldon, Doug Theobald. I mean, that was probably one of the harder ones to pick for me was that first session of two-wheel drive pickups. Good luck to Brent Seacrest down there, another Region 2 truck uh, getting in the show. So. Yep. 8,000 Superstock alcohol. Sid Broughton, Desperado, got to give him a shout coming out of South Haven, which is damn near Indiana, but we'll, we'll give him a shout still. Uh, name showing up there. We don't see in this area anymore. Healing right outdoor Michigan, Joe Kwiatkowski in the taking care of business. Kind of glad to see him on the docket there. I'll be interested to see between uh, Jeff Hurt and Loren Gettinger if they keep the V8s together. Yeah, no kidding. Who can get off the tractor quicker? Oh, it's definitely Jeff. Jeff can go <laughs> faster than anybody. But they, you know, Jeff really pushes the envelope. He does not. He doesn't just write a check to... Uh, a mailbox in, in Newton, Wisconsin. He, he takes care of it himself at the shop there and tries to push the envelope just a little bit all the time. So, you know, pats off to him for, for doing it his own way. And especially his chassis design, I still think, is probably on the cutting edge with as much flexibility as it has built into it and designed into it. I'm surprised more guys aren't using it. Absolutely. And, and there's another one, you know, Jordan Lustig. That's another one that seems like, you know, domination for a few years with that tractor and, you know, the Blackborns came along and, it just seems like one of these years he's going to get it back together and, and get back at you the know, top of used, this class. It and, used to be heads up between Silver Bullet, you know, Slow Ride, and uh, and Kwiatkowski's, you know, was really the three big ones out there. No, I'm I sure it, I'm thinking of a, missing a couple others. I'm sure but. in Jordan's defense, though, you know, getting married to Misty and having having kids and, and trying to keep John Raymond and working on some of these diesel projects out of that shop when they're, they've been primarily alcohol for so many years, kind of taking the focus off a little bit and... You know, he, Gary Baker is a big builder around here. He always said, you know, hey, my junk will sit if I'm taking care of the customers. So, And you know what? Not to sell Jordan short. No. Definitely a threat every time he touches the track, no matter what. Yeah, they got bright minds over there and, and a lot of resources. So, I mean, you they know, can definitely do it. Just one, I think the focus is elsewhere. One name sticking out in this class that I can't get over is seeing Brent Payne in the seat of an orange tractor. Been doing it all year? You know, color of money for how many years? And uh, taking the seat a lot now, so... I kind of wondered how much, well, I definitely got to think there is. I think GMS has kind of picked up uh, some of Brent Long's work there, and so he's he's lending that kind of support that Brent used to do for so many years to, to his good customers. So, Roll into session two of Super Farms. Uh, 
David Batliner, Super Hick, another good tractor. Uh, really didn't give him much note, much attention there. Shane Maston, thumping pumpkin, coming out of Niles, Michigan. Uh, tough run in Alice there. Good to see him coming into the mix. Who else we got in here? Like I said, Dave Whalen coming in there, Josh Miley. Peter Norton, perfect storm. I know that was one of your favorite picks. Uh, wait, no. Careful was... how you said that word. People might get the wrong idea. We're talking about a different Peter North. <laughs> Norton, not North. <laughs> oh, we know only the perverts got that one. Uh, Super Mod Tracks. Blagrave's in there, a wild horse. Kind of interesting seeing uh, the two uh, class teams out there right now with Blagrave's running the two. Uh, something we really haven't seen since, uh, oh, back mid-90s with uh, the mod, and I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. Uh, I can picture it, picture it, but uh, mod in the two-wheel drive. You probably might be able to remember, Charles. Are you talking about Don Nelson? Yes. Yeah, Texas Bullwhip. Yep. And the Little Whip. Yep. Um, keep on rolling here. A lot of tough ones. Good to see Donnie Sullivan and Big Ed Red in there. Uh, you know what? That's one I'm surprised we didn't give the nod to for such a long-time com competitor down in the Kentucky area. They built it as a tribute truck, and I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't know if it somehow created a jinx sort of situation. It's just never seemed like it's run that well. All right. Second session of Pro Stock, Rosh Borson in the Green Line Express. Another one. Got to give some salute to the Michigan boys there. Um, Chris Kane, the Ace of Wild, New Palestine, Indiana. Tractor, I know, Charles, you and I, uh, in its previous form, were very familiar with. Actually, there's nothing left of that now. Well, That's you want to know another gone. tractor now that we're talking pro stocks that is no more? I got word uh, yesterday, Mr. Larry Shope's tractor, the Iron Dragon is no longer complete. It was parted out. I'm not terribly surprised after his passing to hear that, unfortunately. Yep. So, no, tough tractor, uh, no longer alive, but uh, definitely one going to be missed. Oh, okay. Four-wheel drive trucks. You want to talk about some diesel trucks drive or what? Oh, yeah. I always enjoy that. So, <clears throat> like I say, another, you know, good class. It was funny. I was reading, doing some interviewing or doing some uh, investigating last night on the internet and going back to when they started in 2011, um, there was a ton of just hatred and despise for this class. I mean, you look at article after article after article of this class. Oh, yeah. After the first year, I just really did not think Murdered that would, on the forums. Yeah, murdered on the forums. You know, even you could tell news reporters that weren't that close to pulling. That That's the feedback they were getting, so I'm glad i'm sure not a lot of people listening are glad but that they're back and i think you know you guys have a different outlook but i think it's a lot better show than it was when they first started so i think the first year they had to figure out how to handle those guys and and maneuver them through the building and and whatnot so there was there was a learning curve for the fairboard in addition to the pullers themselves they didn't really know what to expect either yeah, and so going down the line, we got Carl Atley with the Lethal Weapon, which I believe is still for sale. Anybody has an extra 400000 laying around, I think you can buy that whole setup turnkey ready to go pulling. So. so that's why you're making a deposit this weekend? <laughs> exactly. I uh, thought it was going to be called the 
Michael Fool Spool next week. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've heard that he's done with his house and he's looking for They're some more in. purchases. So. Well, he's got to get a barn up and lay some sod first, I think. But Yeah, something about laying sod. I don't know about that. So we have the, uh, you know, once again, I think the biggest uh, surprise here, and I would like one of you guys to look down that list, tell me who's not here, and tell me what the biggest surprise in this class is. Charles, you're going to be better at that one than me. It's pretty easy. Yeah, uh, no Shane Kellogg. No Shane Kellogg. He nailed it, Trump. I mean, that's my that was my pick. Look through the list, wasn't there? Um, great, great running truck. Probably, you know, the, the best running truck in the class. You got Van Hazley, who he pretty much supports, you know, with the exception of Kent Crowder. Uh, and Brad Ingram and the Duramax of Kyle Michaels. He pretty much supports all the engine programs in this class. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Carl Atley's out of shide as well, but um, you know the the only interesting only, that's a change for him from yeah, years past. Yep, and the only the only non or Cummins in here is uh, Kyle Michaels, who a little under horsepower, making big strides and. Honestly, in a short track, I think he he may have the ability to to to, to place pretty well here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One I got to mention, Don Bowling, Pulling for Your Cure, one of my favorite paint schemes out there. Just a sharp-looking truck. Yeah, it's cool. I'm glad he's doing that. Really glad. The light superstock glass. Uh, once again, really surprised to see uh, Terry in the seat of uh, the lightweight Cheesic tractors. Yeah, and I heard, and Charles, you may know, or Andrew, I was doing some digging last night, and I heard there may be a third tractor out of Cheesics in this category just to run PPL yes. next year. That yes. was rumored on pulloff.com. I don't know how truth it is. There's only one weekend where there's a conflict and they can't put themselves in 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 at each event with the two they already got, so... Maybe. Uh, I guess we won't know until the, until the spring. And I'm not familiar. Is Bowling Green, can one competitor run two vehicles, or is that maybe why oh, Terry's yeah. in no, the seat? No, they can. Absolutely. Actually, this year they uh, pulled the light class, boxed it up, and shipped the tractors off to New York. Yeah. And uh, then flew uh, Brian over there to get in the seats. So. Or I don't know. Or I don't know if you meant Louisville specifically with. The, yes, Louisville specifically. Yeah, no, I, I I can guarantee you, Esden Lane has driven multiple tractors on the same night before. Uh, there's been others down through the years, so that's not a concern. Then where I got uh, another one to hit mention there, Mike Wilhite, Blue Blazes. You know, another tough running Terry, uh, Bryce Terry, too high strung, beautiful looking Alice. Uh, saw pictures of. Uh, the big brother down there and uh, looking good. You know, something we completely ignored, too, um, is uh, Jason Hootman, the commander. Won the last two years going. And uh, talk about another guy who does it all himself, builds everything in his own shop. Humble guy, you know, learned it all himself, self-taught, essentially, to, to get all that fab work done. And, you know, he, he doesn't own that's his That's his night gig. He doesn't, it's not his day job. He's a UPS driver by day. So, you know. This is wow. all all is a second gig. He must be saving a lot of money on shipping. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you afford this stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely Commander One we missed, and uh, definitely not one to be counted out. Last Pro Stock class, Dennis Borson, Green Line Express 2, Tim Kane, Red Gambler, longtime puller, Rick Campbell, Soup Line Express. I mean, a lot of old names in that class uh, session. I'm talking about David Justison. There he is in the pro stocks. Yes, he is with wheat fed. Um, Corn fed and wheat fed. What do they do for a living? 
They grow beans. Sugar farms. <laughs> Sugar beans. <laughs> <laughs> so that right, wraps us up for uh, National Fire Machinery Show 2016. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with some truck action for you. Get to our in-studio guest and uh, kind of shake things up a bit. I think we got a couple uh, rants set up for you on this whole topic. So uh, stay tuned and give some listens to our sponsors. Have you ever been waiting in the staging lanes to pull and had that rumbling in your stomach? Find you parked too far from the port of johns in the pits? Going down the road and can't quite make it? Well, thanks to Pedal to Metal, it's no longer an issue. Our newest design for pullers from Pedal to the Metal, the new Portastool slash Pulling Hitch Combo, will be there for you. Made a 2-inch solid stock, easily the strongest, most sturdy Portastool on the market. Able to handle them huge behinds. Fully adjustable with over 18 inches of adjustment in half-inch increments just by removing two pins. Makes hitch height changes quick and easy allowing you to change height for class or for the most comfort for personal use. Seat and hitches are available in whatever color you desire, so you can customize to your vehicle. Just another way, Pedal of the Metal is making pulling life easier. Welcome back to Sidetracked with Armstead and Post and a special guest, Nate Drob and Evan Booms in the studio. Uh, next up, we got something breaking news for one of the biggest pulls out of this area, uh, some changes coming for the 2016 edition of the Armada Fair. Yeah, and I think it's important. We touched on a lot of national stuff. Um, we have a, a wide variety of listeners here, so we want to give some for everybody. And some, I think some big news coming out of the Armada Fair, which to me is you know, one of the largest pulls you know, I've ever pulled at, and a lot of people in the area love it, and we all want to see it grow. And I was lucky enough to get invited to the rules meeting and be a part of the tractor pulling truck pulling board on the uh armada fair and big news is the 6250 light limited super stocks are coming back for a two-day pull in armada yeah a lot of interest in this uh this is something that uh, ed shubridge has been really spearheading we talked to him in uh, week two i believe it was uh, about his involvement with that program and bringing not so much a, a formal framework uh, or point structure but the opportunity for these guys to travel the country for increased payouts. Armada was a part of that program last year. We're going to bring them back this year. Last season, I'm going to say I was disappointed. We had we had a tractor from Kentucky and one out of New York, but the one that was from New York was actually built here, so it was going to be here anyway. But it sounds like for 2016, the word is out about what is available here in Armada, and we're going to see trackers out of Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, New York, uh, Canada. They're, they're all going to come. Yeah, saw some changing of uh, schedules to make sure uh, Spiegelberg clan can make it over with their tractors. Talked to Jamie Barger down in uh, Gordyville. He is saying, you know what, every year I kind of pick where I'm going to go. He goes, this year's, Mi- this year's Michigan. I want to get to Armada. Look forward to seeing them up there. We're looking at a 15 probably true light limiteds this year. So definitely looking forward to that coming out. Very possibly could hit 20, to be honest. Really oh, could. easily. Yeah. And as big as it is for the pullers, I think for us it's bigger for the fans. Guys, you know, I've never – or I don't get the opportunity ever to see this class um, in Michigan, really. Um, the thumb starting – you know, I got to see a few of them run in the exhibition last year. Um, very entertaining class. 
And like I said, there's not many uh, classes where you get four, five states that compete in one class. No, no. And in the past, when we did have out-of-state pullers, it was always Ed behind it, but it was the NA Superstocks in the past because that's what he had. And now that he's light limited, you know, that's what he's pushing, of course. And you guys know the numbers. I've heard numbers as large as ten to 15,000 people in the seats to to watch the Saturday Night Show last year in Armada. 15,000-plus, 15, 15, actually. Yeah, spin the turnstiles, yeah. Yep, so I think it's a, a huge platform. So I just want to quick run. For, for you light-limited guys, if you've never pulled there, this is something that actually I was told by a couple of the mini-rod pullers when they had that NTPA show uh, back in 2010 there at Region 2 show. It's the only place they've ever been to where over the sound of their V8 engine, they could hear the crowd from in the seat. It's literally, it's it's a 45-degree straight-up uh, grandstand on either side. You're pulling down the middle of this, just this valley of people. Uh, if you can imagine, well, you've seen the onboard v- views of the Indy 500, a car going down the front straight, and it's just wall-to-wall people on both sides of you. Same sort of deal to pull there. Yeah, and then you got the beer tent too, so I'm sure they could hear some people from the beer tent. <laughs> they've, they've got a beer tent. I never remember it. One of Michigan's largest, as far as I'm, I've been told, I believe. Yeah, and so I just—I wondered... don't know how you hear anything over monkey grinder when you're in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other classes that they have, they're having the eight thousand pound limited pro stock, eight thousand farm stock plus. 9,000 pound farm, 9,300 super farm, which once again, hopefully um, they're done on Bowling Green and most of them can make yeah. it back for this show on Saturday night. Usually, um, yeah. They eliminated the 8,000 pound open, which is a great class. Yeah, that, that went by um, the wayside last year. You know, and so hopefully we see a resurgence in the 9,300 super farm. Uh, then they got the 12,000 farm stock plus and the 12,000 farm. And then they're going to bring back the 2.5 diesel uh, trucks on Saturday night, which I'm pretty happy about. You uh, would be. And uh, hopefully that class, again, the thumb realign the rules. We're going to get into the rules on the 2.5 and why we think it's such a great idea. And hopefully that class, too, will. We're hoping we talked in the meeting. We went through a list of names, and we're hoping we can double the size of that field for our Maiden next year. So just local um local poll if you're listening you don't have nothing to do on the saturday night come out it's it's going to be a great show and they really want to build there's been some change in structure with the fair and they really want to build the poll for saturday night so um like say if you're if you you can get out and see it i think it's going to be one of the best shows we've seen in a while i agree all right, let's dive headfirst into 2.5. It's Actually, been a before we, before we get oh. there, late-breaking news to be as timely as we can with this show. Nothing is final at Farm Show. We got our picks in before classes are final, but somebody's pick is already in trouble. Mine? No. Drobs? Yes. Rob Russell is saying that Workhorse has hurt some parts on that test pass this afternoon. He's hoping to be back for Friday night. Oh, was that you? That was me. Oh, that was you. I was going to say, I, I was... I was pretty strong pick i didn't think i was in any trouble <laughs> that's that's the latest so to be as timely as we, we thought we we may have a diesel super stock result before the show's over but they broke a smoke tube so delays going on oops so well let's dive into 2.5 diesel trucks uh, i think we can get evan involved on this one um you know i i think some people are kind of wondering where we've been going with 
our 2.5 discussions and that. And Charles, you went above and beyond again and put in homework that I never do. Yada, yada, yada. Why don't you tell us what you did to be the little teacher's pet today? Since I invented this show, I'm going to disinvent it. He's fired. <laughs> Thank I, God I, you I got guys this. Have... <laughs> Thank you. Thank is you, that, Mr. Engineer. It works just fine. And I just want to, too, this is not something that we're talking about because I'm here. We got a lot of feedback um, from Facebook and texts and email that they wanted to dive a little bit deeper into, being that we went through the 2-6 and where the three O's going, people wanted to dive back into the work stock and two five because it's a little local. So that's kind of why we're bringing this up again. I know we brought up a couple weeks ago, but a lot of a lot of mail feedback and in emails for here. Which reminds me, man, your headset is a lot bigger this week. Yeah, I have to thank the producer. I mean, I don't know what he did, but this thing fits a lot better. No, no, we had expanded out. Your head is so swollen. Oh, so actually, from all the fame, I gave him my up. shims. He just, he just kept those. I, I, I actually grew into it. It seems <laughs> I grew into it. So what I did is I, you know, I knew we were going to talk about this a few days ago. So I really did did a dive into Google and see what I could find out as far as rules across the country and find as many groups as I could that were espousing a two point five class. And I found groups. Uh, a lot of them based Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, but I found some groups that are that cover the South down into Georgia, out east to uh, Maryland, um, up into the Pacific Northwest. And what I really found was not only were the rules fairly standardized as far as the class goes across the country, they were standardized to the point of literally word for word on most of the rules. Like they just took, I'm going to pick on them, they took COTPC's rule book and just went Xerox copy, boom, 2-5, there we are. And if anybody could see the sheet that we're looking at, Andrew, I, I, I don't do this much work at work. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so Charles, you know, uh, has a compilation here of 20-some different associations within four or five states, um, all two five. So that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and the two things, and with a sheet, we can we can put this up on the Facebook page. We'll work on that or, or, or on, on the website. We'll find a way to get it out to you. And the things I was really concentrating on were in terms of you know condensing this down to just one spreadsheet, is looking at things that are going to drive the competition aspect. Um, initially, I had in there about the weight brackets on the front. You know what? It's universal. Hang the weights, but it has to be a hand-removable bracket. Can't have a box. Can't have accessories out there. So I took that off. doesn't matter. I just concentrated on fuel pumps, the turbo specs, and tire size. And what I still came across was your basic rule book is if you're common rail or H-pops, you can have more than one. If it's a P-pump, you can have the Ag Gumper, your, your turbo. It's a T4 base. There's some variation on map width, groove size. It's a 255 go-no-go gauge. The inducer's got to be fixed, and you're a 35, 12.5 tire. That's it. Everything else is what you'd expect. Drive shaft loops, SFI stuff over 4,500 RPM, the usual stuff we always talk about. Yeah, and I think this class will grow just like we talked about before. Um at a professional level, which we'll call with PPL, and I don't know where NTPA or, you know, on a regional level, if they'll ever adopt anything. I don't think NTPA is interested. Yeah, I don't think NTPA is interested. I know um, there's a few region stuff in Minnesota and Wisconsin where they run something little smaller, bit, yeah. but not relevant. So um, I guess the important part is with Charles' spreadsheet here, the things we wanted to get into is the turbo rule um, even with his spreadsheet, there's some things that 
with the turbo rule we want to get into because this is where the 2-6 class just fell apart, right? All these rules that Charles mentioned um, and the things that weren't mentioned were the neck of the inducer bore behind, or the, the, the map wing groove has to be behind the beginning of the wheel, which is a huge, huge rule that needs to be in place, right? There's people, and it says here it has to be, inducer bore must be non-removable, uh, all air must go through the 2.5 inducer bore and the map ring groove. So that to me is, that rule is the most important rule in the 2.5, something that everybody has to stick with because we've seen guys build turbo where they put a, a 2.5 ring and, you know, you're feeding, you know, your quarter inch map groove on the big side of the wheel, right, which turns it into, you know, literally a, a three inch charger. So those are, I think, some of the most important rules that, in looking through all the ones I did some research after Charles sent me this sheet, and the majority of these clubs follow these turbo rules to a spec, which is, I think, a, a, a big, big deal to keep this class competitive, keep it small, and keep drivelines in trucks. Yeah, they do. They'll, they're pretty good about really specking out how that, that map groove should look, and there's some variation in terms of the overall size of it, but they all say it must enter the face parallel to the bore, but then and hit the wheel perpendicular to it. And and they are pretty specific about where it has to be located. Yeah, and you don't want to get too carried away at the rules, like we said, because a lot of, you know, local associations don't have the manpower uh, to tech this stuff. Right, Charles? You've been yeah. doing this a lot longer than I have, Andrew. And you start getting real specific with wheels and removing covers, and associations are just not going to man it and it's just become problems there's just become fighting bickering within within the team so and it's that goes to a, a further point and drew and i've had this fight all the time about you know he likes 4.1 i like light pro to go back to the tractor side one of the big reasons i like the light pro tractor class is it's turbo rule my eight-year-old daughter can understand the rule is you can have one an eight-year-old can understand that there's no specs on the size just you lift the hood okay there's only one in there slam it down done <laughs> yeah and I, I i don't know if we're gonna have time for this but we went and picked up some parts um to an undisclosed polar this weekend down in indiana and i won't tell you what parts we're picking up but talking to him he's one of the biggest names in two six um and I might as well just throw it out there. I'm name dropping all the, all day. So it's uh, <laughs> Adam Halen with the record, and he you know he's going full bore. He's going PPL. He loves PPL, but he's saying the same thing, right? That you know the smooth bore. The reason PPL did it, they sat in the same meetings that we sit in in local level, and just the bickering of what the turbo should be in every little finite detail of yeah. you know where the map ring groove is. PPL just said, listen. You know, you guys are not the biggest fish in the pond no. that, that that we have. We want the class. It draws a crowd. We don't want 35 to 40 trucks showing up. So, and we want the same trucks and we want guys that are committed. So we're going to make a smooth bar. So we look in there, we measure it, and there's there's no debate whether that turbocharger is legal or no. not. Evan, you made the comment before we came back from this segment exactly that this is something the tractor guys figured out 25 years ago, and you're exactly right. Yeah, that, you know, going back, I've heard this too that you know, you know, there's just too many diesel truck class rules, or you know, everybody's different. And I look at, to me, and I'll say this again, I'm not a tractor guy. I'm learning, 
and I'm coming up fast. But, you know, I look at tractors and it just seems like it's kind of one-sided when you come to say, oh, there's too many diesel truck rules. And I just think that really it's standardized down to four classes now. And when you come to tractors, there's literally 20 or 30 different rules. So I just don't think yeah, that's a, I, I just don't think that's a talking point. I rail against that exact same concept. This is something that really and Jake Shepard made me think about this after he was on our show last week in terms of what do we consider a structure, okay? And and it, it ties into something else I want to push back on a little bit. So I'm going to tee off for a second here. We got this framework now in place with diesel trucks where you got 2.5, you've got what is now the light pro, it was the old 2.6. You got the pro, which is the old 3.0, and you got the super stock diesel. There's a great ladder nationally of rules that can be shared and be common. You know you can go anywhere in the country and take it off the trailer, you're going to be legal, it's great. Tractor side really exploded through the 2000s in terms of fragmenting themselves and having all these little very highly detailed uh, niche classes. I think the tractor guys would, and it's already sort of started to happen, where you're going to see this consolidation around a same four-rung ladder, like Limited Super. East of the Mississippi, it's going to be a light pro. West, probably a 4.1. Pro stock, and then the three trees of Super, the light and heavy push rod and the open. And where does everything else fit in around that? Well, this is going to set Drew off. I know it is because he really pushes for nationalized standardization. Outside of that four-rung ladder, I don't know that you want to, need to, or care. If it's working in your backyard and it's a quote-unquote brush class, I hate that. It's not a brush class. It's just not sanctioned by outlaws, PPL, or NTPA. Right here in East Michigan, thumb tractor pullers, TTPA, they're statewide. They have, on average, 28, 30 hooks a year run extremely professionally. It's a class show. They enforce their rule book, but they have classes that don't exist anywhere else because it's what works here. It's what they've needed to sustain a program. And if some weird tractor or truck class works in, you know, Southwestern Missouri that works for Southwestern Missouri truck pullers, do it. And, and this idea that, uh, especially at the, at the lower levels like that, the quote unquote brush pulling, and it's not brush pulling. Come on. They're better than that. They're pros. At that level, you're only looking to go in your local region. You are not going to travel halfway across the country to pull a vehicle because you can't afford to do it anyway. So this argument that has to be standardized really doesn't wash for me anymore. Yeah, and I would, if we had this conversation, Charles, last year at this time, I would have totally disagreed with you. I wouldn't have even said it. I wouldn't have thought it. I wouldn't have felt that way. Yep, and now with the changes in PPL, um, and there is a place for the guys that, you know, want to pull professionally and want to pull on the big stage. And before those guys were the same guys pulling in, 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 in the ITPAs and the yeah. OSTPAs and the 20 some uh, classes that Charles has listed here. I don't see, think you'll see those guys pulling no. this year in those classes because a, there won't be a class for them. And, you know, at that level, when you're pulling in PPL in front of, you know, some of these big shows, what, 25,000 people and, and the payouts and just the tracks and the stage you're on. I, I just don't see them wanting to go pull locally at a Friday night brush pull anymore. No. So I, I'm with Charles. I, last year, I wouldn't agreed with that statement. This year, I do. And, you know, I think there's going to be some discussion on what is the step now from 2.5, which is a 1,000 horse, up to the PPL, which is the lowest class they offer at a national level at 
somewhere in the 1600 horsepower. You're talking trucks that got to be in upwards of at a minimum to compete. I'll throw out the number of 50,000, which I think might be low. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, I don't believe you need an intermediary step. I think two point five, and then up to the light pro probably should be the jump you make. Because if you start fragmenting it again, then we start splintering into the, all these little regional groups spread all over the country, and it just becomes the mess that it's. Diesel trucks are ahead of the tractor guys right now in terms of that contraction and consolidation. There, it was probably it was probably brewing a couple of years ago. We just finally saw this past winter where it got a critical mass and it really started to happen. And they're in a good place right now. I wouldn't have said that six months ago. I would have said diesel trucks, they don't, you know, on a, in terms of a, a commonality of rule structure, they have no idea what they're doing. I don't think so anymore. Yeah. And, and I was talking to um, Adam, and he's been at this probably longer than I have. So he started out. We talked about 2A. We talked about all the classes that we've all pulled in. And he said, you know, once again, they're in the PPL meeting and they are literally trying to limit the size of the class because they go to a shide last year and 60 some trucks, they just cannot handle that many trucks. The truck classes can't stay consistent with the track. Um, and they just, it's an absolute nightmare for them. And he said, every time they brought up the national polls, the PPL guys just rolled their, rolled their eyes because you know, with the professional classes that they have, they may get 20 in any one class, I would say, aside from pro stock, right? They may be at 20 on a night, and they don't even want 20 in a class. No, and I think that becomes, as, over time, and you start averaging things out, I think it becomes a, a problem that solves itself. If you're only offering payback 10 places in, in most polling clubs, I don't care where you go in the country, all the way up through the, the big leagues, you're paying back 10 spots. If you're finishing 18th, Night after night after night after night after night after night. You are sooner or later probably going to go find something else to do. It'll be a problem with huge turnouts for a year or two, but it's the problem solves itself. We saw a V8 hot rods right here in the thumb in the mid 2000s, well, early 2000s. That class had exploded to where if you were in the right neighborhood on, the, on a Friday night, we would have a 28 tractor entry. And you, you could just see in the pit area, guys just going, oh, God, we're going to be here forever. But it solved itself, and it's really it has it has re, it's it's reached an equilibrium now of about twelve or thirteen guys that that's your tour and pays back ten places. Some nights you're in the money, some nights you're not. But it's really it's it, it took care of itself. Yeah, and I used to when we were pulling, and the V8s are a perfect example. I would say I love that class as long as I got to pull before them. Yeah, you know because it you start getting hour and 45 minutes for that oh, show yeah. big time just one class you know so um you, you don't want to you don't want to have anybody not pull but it just that that's i think that's where ppl's at they're just trying to eliminate um you know those big hooks where you have 30 and 40 trucks so um i think we you know we touched on that the few of the other things that you know me and charles will go back and say is at the local level um you, you want to have enough trucks that you can put on a show, but not too many. So that's kind of... Yeah. You got to look at it a little the, bit from the promoter the side, point, too. Right? Yeah. So that's why, you know, once again, we're going back to with the 2.5. We think the single real wheel... Um, that, and con you know, contact of, patch is going to be a huge yeah, one for a, me as we get on guys, this, this conversation. A lot of guys don't like that rule, but, you know, once again, you get these local um, events and, you know, you have six, seven guys that are... are, are local guys that are committed and 
two or three of them, you know, break and can't come back, it becomes a big problem for the promoter. And I see that in, in our shows that we promote and the shows that Andrew promotes, you know. You, you got people paying $10 to come through the thing, and you got to put on a two-and-a-half-hour show. Yeah, and I think in, in addition to the breakage piece – if you consolidate diesel, and we'll, we'll stick on the, the diesel trucks right now because that's what we're talking about. If you consolidate around that four-rung ladder that this is what pulling is going to be, if you restrict contact patch and say, I'm only going to let you have a little bit of tire, as time goes on and that stability exists for that rule structure, horsepower is going to continue to push forward. But if you can't put it down, you reach an automatic ceiling and you put it back in the driver's hands. You know, absolutely. You've seen it on a local level. Whether it's NATPA where you're limited to a 16.9, like in the two point Division 2D class, mm-hmm. two top cut. They're limited at, you know, the probably the most popular weight bracket, 55 to 6,000 pounds. You're limited to a 69.34. Down to the square inch is what you're allowed. Then you get into the bigger classes, an 18.438. Get into the national levels. Guess what? You run a 24.5. You run a 30.5. You know, tire size is the easiest way to limit the horsepower of the ground. And uh, sorry, truck guys, I think you need to acknowledge, hey, listen, these guys have been here, done that. You know what? Maybe we need to give a little bit of knowledge. You guys aren't that different from what we're going through. And maybe they're right on. You know, 2.5, all right, fine. You're 35, 12 and a half singles. The light pro, you're 35, 12 and a half duels. The pro, you're on you're on the paddle tires now, just like your big brothers in super stock, and that's okay because in the tractor world we do that too. So absolutely, I I love to see a breakdown like that, and I know we're gonna get into work stock a little bit later, or a work stock type class. But guess what? That doesn't mean you always get around the big brothers tires. Oh, Maybe he just said he just said something, and we've taken this long to get to it. Tonight we're gonna introduce the sidetrack with Armstead and Post drinking game. Anytime my co-host says, guess what, point blank, or that's beside the point, you have to take a drink. You'll be obliterated by the end of the show. (laughs) Or I got one for you. How about you'll get that on the big jobs? Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, we'll put that one in there. You drank a lot. I'm, I'm now sure, you know why I drink so much. I'm sure we could have that game for each and every one of us if we talk long enough. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, and get back to the tire. I mean, I think you're seeing that in even the mod class. You know, you're talking when we get the opportunity to talk to guys like Shane Kellogg and Eric Stacy and all the big guys in the mod class, we were talking to Shane yeah, Kellogg. Yeah, we're going to be talking with them next yeah, week. Well, I, I get to a Bowling Green, so that's that's my only uh, oh, oh. that's my only uh, opportunity to do that. But you guys go out to brunch? And... Yeah, go out to brunch, yeah. I couldn't afford <laughs> to go to brunch. what you call it. I couldn't, go, I couldn't afford to go to brunch with those guys. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, the point is, is Shane Kellogg went from two chargers where he won championship after championship after championship, right? And he went to the three turbo setup. He said he probably added about 350 horsepower to that truck on the dyno. And the next year was a disaster because he just, you know, he could drive that truck. He could put all the power he had down with the tires that were available and he won championships and he's kind of been struggling since. Yeah. So yeah, it, lost his way a little bit. Not to digress, but I just think it's the same point with you know the single reel with the two five as Charles yeah. was saying. You know, you limit it there. You you cut down on the breakage, and I think when you get the classes at a local level where the power range per truck, I guess, is greater than at a national level where you got two hundred horsepower between a class, 
the distances narrow up because it comes down to, in my opinion, chassis stuff is cheap, right? It's thinking, yeah. it's working, it's doing your homework, Spending right? the time. Spending the time, and I think you can make up a little ground in the suspension. In, and that's I, and actually, I, it's probably more important at, the, at these levels because... I, I just said it. No, a group like them—they're they're not brush pulling. Come on, they're better than that. But you will not have the caliber of tracks that you're going to see on a PPL or an NTPA tour. They're not going to be prepared to the same extent. They're going to be bad. And I don't care what tire you put on there. You could be on steel lugs for all I care. Some of these tracks you're just not going to get down them. You need to—you're going to have to do the homework and learn your vehicle. You know what? Let's get Evan in on this. What do you think on two point five? You know, you've been around it, you know, you know, probably more in depth of what goes on into going into a 2.5. Especially against a talking head like me. I mean, I don't even do this stuff. I just talk about it. And uh, why don't you fill us in on your perspective on where 2.5 is at? Do you think it needs to digress a little bit or is it on the proper progressive scale? Well, I really don't have a problem with anything that's happening in the 2.5 right now. Um, It is really a good class. It's very... um, I'm not sure decked, I guess. Um, you you know, you got a T4 flange on the turbo. You got your 2.5 inducer bore. You've got, for the most part, within 100 thousandths of the map roof from biggest to smallest. Um, you know, 35 tires everywhere that I'm seeing on this sheet, um, with exception of a couple oddball places. Um, but really, it's a great class. You know, you're getting you're getting about to that power level where more isn't necessarily helping you, but you know it's you get a couple people. Um, I believe some of the classes down south allow duels, and uh, that came into a problem where they were no different than the outlaws with two six, where it was hard to come back night after night without having to change a set of ring and pinions. I did find in my research there were some some groups, and yeah, you're right, they primarily were south or west, and they did allow duels, but it was within tight confines. They had to be stock size. You could put them on, but they weren't going to be 35, 12 and a halves. Yeah. And I think what Evan's you know talking about is, and I'll keep bringing it to the Battle of the Bluegrass, and I think me, Charles, Andrew, we had this discussion, and we've had this discussion of every – you're going to get to a point where if a cra- class grows and you get 20, right – there's going to be guys that want to move forward, right? And associations want to move forward because the crowd likes to see, right, more horsepower. I can tell you if if, if a local class could field 10 super stocks, you'd get more people to watch, yeah. right? And so, you know, to Evan's point, I think in this may be a point for later is that could the possibility of a 2-5 outlaw class happen? Uh, they do it in the Battle of Bluegrass where you get to run um, duels. You get to run weight boxes, and people say, well, what's what's the advantage of a weight box versus – because we hear this all the time, right, Charlie? You say, what's the difference between a weight box and a set of hanging weights, right? And it's not just the weight, right? You start putting oil coolers and batteries. You put the accessories out there. Everything goes out on the nose. Fuel cells. And so everything starts going on the wind, out of the window, and – you know, I think you could move to where you could go maybe to an air to water outlaw two yeah, five. And, that, and that tank's gonna go out on the in the box too and Yeah, and then you could run, you know, uh, a, a tubular intake or a, a, a runner style and maybe 
five years down the road, you could run a two five outlaw class. I don't know, Evan, what your thoughts are on that, or you know, if you'd like to see that as a spectator or not. But I think that could be a possibility for three or four years down the road if you get once again ten guys to jump, ten guys to stay back, and you have a separate field. Looks like Evan's about ready to chop on the bit on that. I think he's. <laughs> I'll got let you go, man. I've got my thought, but you go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, and with the weight boxes there. It, if you allowed that and then you got a someone's gonna run dry sump then someone's gonna go dry block and you can't you just can't let that happen with the two five we have but you look at like a four one class of someone that got tired of pulling super farm and wanted to go a little more then they had that you with your still ag chassis and whatnot um i don't see a need for it at this immediate time but I'm not going to say down the road there might not be someone that would like to do that. And if you look at a lot of the Battle of Bluegrass trucks, there's, they're kind of already there. And with this year's changes to 2.6, a lot of new 2.5 trucks are being debuted that are new old stock, really, from being recycled down from a 2.6 truck. Yeah, and I think, you know, we went we went down... And you've seen on the forums or Charles and Andrew seen on Facebook or there are just OEM driveline parts at reduced cost. So if you do have a 2.5 this year, it's a great year to build one because you're getting parts at 60, 70% of the cost brand new just because these guys don't, you know, before and last year talking to Adam, you know, he had three drive shafts, right? He had... 15 ring and pinions he had yokes and transmissions and clutches and he had he said that between they had a deal with like three guys they had twenty thousand dollars he thought in inventory of driveline parts to make it a season right this year with the change they don't have to have any inventory right you're they are not going to break the components that they're they're putting in the trucks i mean i sent you guys a, a a link to advanced chassis and they've got what 20 they're sending them out as fast as, as they fast can weld as, them up yeah, as fast as they can build them profab scs these guys are just packed house trying to keep up with the demand with these new classes so um i it's a good opportunity anybody out there if you want to build a 2.5 truck it, it's going to be cheaper this year than it was in the past to do it just because there's so many parts available I feel like there's seats at the table right now, and both on two five and with the limited pro to have a two five outlaw it doesn't it doesn't fit within anything right now. If you're in a, a geographic area where you find that there's 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 too many two five trucks and, and guys are dominating and they kind of want to make that step up, but there isn't a true limited pro in available in their area, and you want to do this two five outlaw thing where you upgrade the chassis and you go there as far as those parts go, but keep the engine kind of a cap on it within your region. Again, I'm all for it. Go ahead if that's what it takes to differentiate and keep your show moving forward and keep keep pullers and keep people interested. But as far as the national framework goes, it's too much flux right now. I don't think it's needed. Yeah, maybe not in Michigan, but to certainly Evan, not in Michigan. Yeah, no. certainly not in Michigan. And but to Evan's point, if you look once again on Comp D or any of these Facebook sites, there are twenty two six trucks right that the guys just find it's way cheaper just to start over. Right. And, yeah. And what do you do with all those trucks? I think, you know, in Kentucky and Ohio and the places where 
there are enough people to pull, I think you will see something like that within the next year. Maybe not this you year because there's a lot of talking with Adam. There's a lot of places. I think OSTPA said ITPA. They're going to let them run two six from last year or PPL rules from this year and kind of have a dual rule class for one year to let give the guys time to catch up. I think you might be right, and you're actually onto something. And we may see something like that go on, quite honestly, in the next year. I don't think there's necessarily a place for it, but it's going to happen anyway because of the glut of parts. When we allowed the, the component frames to come into tractor pulling 13, 14 years ago, that's really when we saw the fragmentation start. Because, guys, I got this egg chassis. I'm just going to go make a 4.1. I'm going to go make a light pro. I'm going to I'm going to find a way to stay in pulling and run this thing. Where the guys who had the money and could afford to do it jumped up, went component, and there was there was this glut of just stuff on the marketplace. You go on pulloff.com every day, and you could buy super stock chassis, ag chassis for nothing. So maybe truck's going to go through that sort of the uh, same splintering, but I hope that it doesn't explode to the level the tractor side did, where it's going to take another 15 years to reconsolidate again. And to your point, with everyone moving up like that, you had a tractor like uh, Showtime that was a pro stock and dropped down to a super farm and then got sold off, changed some hands, and now it's back into being a 4-1 limited pro stock. Yeah. Speaking of Showtime, was talking with uh, Jay Sutherland yesterday. Oh, you and, woke up over there, huh? Huh? Yeah, I'm just... But anyways... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of it today. I'm not going to lie, guys. And uh, you guys know more on the trucks than I honestly do, so I'm kind of leaving it to the experts, so to speak. Yes, Drob, I said something nice about you, and I'm sure we'll see 30 million Facebook posts, but oh, what a great job you there's did only, on there. There's only experts night. to my right. It's certainly not in this chair. <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's the nice part about here doing the sidetrack show is we got some great people who know their stuff. We're able to fill in where we can't. But uh, I just have one more point to what Evan's talking about. We do have a few guys currently at the local level like Troy Kasiba. You know, Joe Bader, I don't know what Tony's going to do, but, you know, went from there was a class for them because they've been pulling for a really long time. They've supported clubs, and I think you're going to get this not just them, but yeah. ITPA. you got guys that have supported a certain association for a very long time, and you're just going to say, okay, we're pulling the rug from underneath you, right? And you have no place to pull. You can't do that. And that's why, like I said, we're seeing these guys step down and go to this class. But I just don't see those guys wanting to do that for very long. That, that's just my opinion. Yeah, and well, with any major rule change and, and upheaval like this, somebody's going to get left in, 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 the, in the dust or, or left behind. It, it, it sucks. And I, I, staying on the local level, you guys like, like Troy and Joe who've, who've been there night in and night out and showed the dedication, yeah, I feel bad for them. They're great guys. They're, they're nice guys. But unfortunately, that's that's where we're at. Yeah, and with Troy there, um, and even Joe, they were almost just a turbo change away from dropping into the 2.5. I'm pretty sure that's about where Bader was at. Um, Troy, with his welded rear suspension, um, being grandfathered in as long as he ran single rear wheels, um, with both the east side and west side, um, letting them pull anyway. 
Yeah, and Troy did experiment with that at the end of the season. He he ran it a few times with he took the outside duels off and, and said, "Well, let's see." He, he kind of saw the handwriting on the wall, so let's see what's going to happen. Okay, so let's take a break here, and uh, we'll roll on back in a two point five. Uh, kind of, ra- I think we got that wrapped up. But roll into our work stock, and we'll what we'll call kind of our sidetracked work stock rules and what we would do for kind of an entry level step above street legal diesel trucks, but not quite to that two point level five level. Kind of what we've been discussing for quite some time now. But let's finally put some uh, put the pen to paper and draw up what we think would be our ideal work stock class. And I know you've heard it before, but I think we actually got someone with some knowledge yes. and someone that has some good ideas to where we're just Spitball. complaining about it. So we're going to try and do something that's valuable to our listeners rather than just... I'm going to arrange these in a beer, med. So <laughs> stay tuned. We'll be back. Have you ever been waiting in the staging lanes to pull and had that rumbling in your stomach? Find you parked too far from the port johns in the pits. Going down the road and can't quite make it? Well, thanks to Pedal to Metal, it's no longer an issue. Our newest design for pullers from Pedal to Metal, the new Portastool slash Pulling Hitch Combo, will be there for you. Made a 2-inch solid stock, easily the strongest, most sturdy Portastool on the market. Able to handle them huge behinds. Fully adjustable with over 18 inches of adjustment in half-inch increments just by removing two pins. Makes hitch height changes quick and easy allowing you to change height for class or for the most comfort for personal use. Seat and hitches are available in whatever color you desire, so you can customize your vehicle. Just another way, Pedal to the Metal is making pulling life easier. All right, and we're back from another great commercial break. We're going to dive right into one of my favorite topics. Lord knows everybody loves hearing me discuss it, work stock. It is a necessity in the sport. We all have agreed upon that. There's got to be a fill gap between street legal trucks and uh, 2.5 diesel. I mean, with the world of tuners out there, you're getting stupid horsepower out of a freaking bone stock truck just using a turner, you know, a tuner, maybe mild injector upgrades, you know. Without getting stupid crazy, you're seeing massive horsepower gains. But we've discussed work stock almost to the point where it's beaten to death but you know what we're going to take a baseball bat to this horse again and uh, make sure there's no life left in it but not only are we going to do that we're also going to bring forth to you the sidetracked work stock rules what do we think it should be we got horsepower numbers to back it up thank you evan for coming in getting a hold of us um the other day you really brought in some knowledge that we've been struggling to get you know, just from our speculation in that, just trying to get something set up. And you came out with some great numbers with the horsepower numbers to back it, which really makes a big difference. And uh, we got something worked out where there'll be between, what, five, 550, 700 horse, roughly. And uh, I know we're going to piss some people off. I don't freaking care. And it seems like that's what you do in this class, right? It seems like the higher the class, the less people that have issues with it. So, um, And to Andrew's point, we thank uh, Evan for coming in. And any of you guys out there, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to talk about, 
it, no matter how dumb or irrelevant you think it is, it's always nice to get perspective because that's why we're all here, right? Is we want you to listen and we want to talk and touch on the issues that you guys think about, you know, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, things you talk with your friends and, you know, co-polars with or spectator something you don't like. Uh, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at really the the, the second two-thirds of March, most of April, all really all of May, where there's no polling going on. I've got some pet projects to, to discuss on the show, but we're looking to you guys. What do you want to hear us talk about? Well, as you know, I'm I'm getting really heavily prepared for that time period, you know, as I do with every show. But get a hold of us online at uh, sidetrackpulling.com. Email address, ap at sidetrackpulling.com. Shoot us an email. Go on Facebook if that's your means. Sidetracked with Armstead and Post. Shoot us a message. Lord knows we babysit it all the time. You know, we basically live and breathe on there. Response time, less than two minutes because our show prep sounds like this. (laughs) (laughs) I like beer. Come on, we're, we're, sound engineer just dropped the ball. Here I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. I apologize. I was a little busy drinking beer. <laughs> All right, so I think we're going to let Evan start this off with his thoughts, and then my guess is, is we'll shoot some holes in it. Absolutely. So <laughs> what we're going to call it right now is the sidetrack pulling. Work stock rules. What do you have for us, Evan? I know you came up with some great ideas. You and I talked on the phone earlier this week, and uh, you really hit the nail on the head. What are you thinking for a, let's call it work stock class, hot stock, whatever you want to call it, your entry-level pulling diesel class? Well, first of all, don't call it work stock. Too many people get butthurt over that term. Um, we don't care about butthurt here. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, it implies that you're actually doing something that involves work and that the thing might even be stock. Nope. So we're looking for kind of a class to bridge the gap from like a 500-horse street truck all the way up to uh, between that and your 800-horse work stock that's very, very common and can even hang with two five guys on the right night. Um, what, what it really, I think... The first thing you gotta do is set set your horsepower goals. Um, I originally thought of this class at about 600, but without excluding people that have been with us all summer long, uh, it's gonna end up being closer to that 675 mark. Um, but the rules I I think at least are uh, 63 stock to stock appearing turbo with uh, 63 in front of and behind the map width enhancement groove and um, billet wheels allowed, all that shindig, blah, blah, blah. If you don't want to run a stock appearing or stock turbo, you have the option to go to a smaller S300 based, uh, like a 63 with a T3 foot. Um Something in that area is going to be right around, from the people I've talked to, about 650 horse. And that should be pretty close to competitive for everybody. Um, the second thing you got to get into is keeping 
a reasonable tire size to it. Um, it's been spoken about earlier as far as keeping a, a small tire so no one has an advantage, really. Um, personally, I'd like to see it at like a 285 tire, something along that lines. Most of your people out there my already man. Have. You've got my interest now. Excluding people with like power strokes that can fit a 35 on a stock height truck, most people out there are going to have a 285 tire. So if this class is something you want a street-driven truck to pull in, aim for what they're already driving on. And, you know, with a 285 tire, it's... And I'm not talking uh, 33-1250, as some people interpret a 285 tire being. Um, Wait, don't those come factory on trucks now? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. When I roll into when I roll into the GM dealership, I see all these trucks that have these fenders look like you can put flotation tires in there, and for some reason they want to put like rubber bands on a donut in there. <laughs> and, and, and I have an issue with anything smaller than a 285 on a truck, to be honest with you. I mean, my wife, when I went to get tires, she wouldn't even let me put it smaller than a 285 tire on my truck, so... I don't know. I think that should be a minimum it's and maximum. You're compensating. Well, there's reasons. There's reasons why I would prefer it. Actually, quite honestly, I would go smaller. But there's reasons why you can. So. But anyways, Evan, please keep going. I'm I'm loving what you're saying. So. Um, the other thing that I would like traction bars. That's in my opinion not only a a must but a, tr- a safety issue really. Um, if you want someone to drive there. And actually pull. Yeah, there was a big to-do about track bars being a part of a class like this. And, yeah, just from, like you said, from a sheer safety standpoint, put them on. It's cheap insurance. Why do we care? You know, this was a big debate going on Michigan Core Rollers for a while. And you're seeing it mainly on the west side of the state a lot is this battle on do traction bars add performance. There's a lot of pulls that won't allow them. Because they're a performance mod. I'm sorry. Pull your head out of your ass. They're not a performance mod. All they're doing is making sure that axle doesn't wrap around itself, taking out the U-bolts and the leaf springs, and causing a major incident that, guess what? You're going to have to spend 15 minutes to go pick up. I'm sorry. No, this isn't. Okay, I understand you're more effectively transferring horsepower to ground. Guess what? Going from a 10-inch tractor or tire... To a 12-inch tire, you're going to more effectively put your power to the ground. Get off your ass and realize, guess what? They're Ding. not adding horsepower. <laughs> and those of you drinking along with me, I'll tell you what right now, you're going to be shit-faced by the time this is done. <laughs> um, something else. Um, Evan is so straight. It's just hilarious. <laughs> just for going, come off that. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to process that later. I'm just going to keep talking about what I want to talk about. Um, well, you know, there's a, a discussion page in the Michigan area of it's the diesel truck pulling discussion page or something along them lines. Um, many different- also called how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> And I actually think I know, I think Jared Glover from the Jared, West Side Jared, is the originator of that yeah, page. Jared so I haven't dropped Hope you're his, listening, Jared. I, yeah, I haven't <laughs> dropped his name a lot, so we'll throw that one out there. <laughs> anyway, Evan, please keep going on. You got Dingledorf's Beautiful story, human being. <laughs> Stop whining. 
Um, so d- discussed on that page a lot was people wanting a box turbo class for a diesel pickup, and it's just not Jebediah. feasible for it's just not going to happen because if people like to bring up the fact of like, they'll say 10 farm for us TTPA people. And they'll say that's a box charger class, um, 10 farm being a three LM two four turbo. And it's not truly a box charger class as much as a stock charger class. Um, I bet you there's not 10% of the people in that class that had to put a different turbo on to pull. Um, so that's the thing. You can't make somebody that likes driving their truck with their stock turbo put some dumb shit turbo on because you think it's cool. It's just it's asinine. Yeah, and I think what you did is you nailed it, right? Them for that rule and all other classes, right? That is the turbo that they came with, right? To where when you get to the trucks, it it would it would make a lot of people put or spend more money on a turbo that's not as good as the one they currently have on their truck just for a rule. So I, I agree with that rule, and uh, I agree with you 100% on that. Simple term right there that defeats the idea. And I'm sorry, Jebediah, I, I like what you're trying to do, but just VGT. It's all you have to say. You're taking guys who have a technologically better turbo right out of the factory, and you're saying, Guess what? You're getting rid of that and you're going old school. I like the idea, but it just is not practical. Why are you forcing somebody else to take a step back in technology? And I don't know how much, and this is, maybe you can shed some light on this, Evan, particularly. Um, how There's, across brands, there's a lot of differentiation, especially on the stock chargers. But it, when we step up to this work stock, type of a class regardless of what's going on on the turbine side whether it's vgt or or not we're changing stuff on the front side with a compressor is there a way to do like a claimer rule where you just say look you know if you think the guy's got some whatever 500 bucks you buy his you buy his wheel and his housing i i do like that i've seen that in a lot of hot stock hot farm classes that are box classes and it it just as far as a diesel pickup class goes, I don't think it would work unless everybody was made to run one turbo. I, and I would agree with you. There's, Yeah, there, it's the commonality piece that's the problem. Yeah. If, if you made an S300 class that everyone ran a 63 wheel, blah, 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 you know, this part number, and you think this guy over here put 10 foot on you and you think it's his turbo, give him $500. He goes, buys another turbo offline, and you do the swap the next time you see him. Yeah. I don't, and that could, you know what? And there's probably places out there geographically where that maybe something like that could work. I don't know if I don't know if Michigan's it I, for us here. Probably not. Um, there's too many, too many people with dem feels. It just it isn't going to happen. But I think there are places maybe where that could work. Yeah, and I think the discussion around this class <clears throat> is the majority of the people would agree on everything except. The turbo, Evan. Would you agree? I mean, there's no way to police fuel. There's no way to police camshafts. There's no way to police heads. There's no way to police anything other than the turbo. And like I say, we could have a discussion on that forum, and I've been on them as well as you have, 
hours and hours and hours a day, and you can bring up uh, three inch class, two two six, two five, and there's not a lot of discretion. There's not a lot of um, arguing over what is the right decision to go for a turbo. But when it comes to this class, you know, I don't have an answer. Um, I just, I really think what we hit on earlier, what Charles has said, these are very, these are in the, the, the microcosm of local classes, right? And yeah. really, really down to a regional level. There's stuff I believe that will work on the west side. Yeah, that won't work on the east side, and it doesn't have it doesn't have to because we're talking about a class where again economy is the reason why you're there. You you can't afford to be at two point five where you're a young guy who's just trying to break in and, and get started. You're not you're not looking to travel across state. You're not looking to travel out of state. You're looking for that ten twelve hook commitment that fits around your work schedule or your, the life you're starting to build, and you can you can go out and play within your backyard and and so maybe that group in that area has to tailor something that's unique to you and 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 in that in that sense it probably does work yeah and the getting back to the turbo the turbo rule um even once again and i know in the thumb and i don't know on the west side but a lot of other associations when it comes to the other classes it's a little easier to tech because they do it once they do it at the beginning of the year um there's a known quantity of people that are going to run in that class. Um, they tag them, and you don't have to worry about it to where when you come to these work stock classes, there's going to be a variety of people based on, when we say region, Minden City versus Goodles, right? I mean, I think those are the two, and Evan, you're from the Thumb area. To me, it seems those two places probably bring out about the most amount of, we'll call it work stock local diesel Street trucks stock, whatever it is for whatever reason those places ugly is another one i think that brings out a lot of them right so I'll, I'll keep preaching this till um you get tired of hearing it i think you need to get 10 guys six guys the guys that are really really committed to come up with a turbo rule that fits for those six guys and you start there and i don't know what it is i've talked to a couple of these guys and not so much up up in the thumb area, but down here. And said, so, look, what what would it take? Ten hooks. Give me ten. We can create a class around you. Give me ten shows. Why won't you come? No, don't want to. The, the four or five they get is all they want to do. And it, we hear the lament all the time. Well, where isn't where's is this entry level? Where's the pullers? They don't they don't want to do it. I mean, that's a unique thing, perhaps here in this area. But we we just can't get them to come. And we and we dangle the carrot. You know, some of these places they go to, they maybe pay back three places, and you'll have fifteen trucks there. And we're sitting there saying, "Look, we will give you ten places payback. Give me ten hooks, and it's not going to be far from home. It's going to be you know within a four county area." But they won't do it. Yeah, and and like you say, when we're on the forums, we're on Facebook, you're on Twitter. Um, it seems that there's a larger majority of people willing to weigh in on. This class, I mean, it's it's really they'll mind. talk, but the yeah. iron never materializes. Right. And so, I guess Evan, shed some light on what you think, because I think this is real, real similar to what you guys talked with Jake about last week. It was a part of it, yeah. Right? It ties it's, in. Yeah. Is how do we get the guys? Because the trucks are everywhere. They're literally everywhere. Um, there's guys in shops working on these 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? An if, endless amount of people that are making upgrades that are trucks that are on the street in that 800 I, level, but horsepower level that don't pull. So Evan, I guess I would love your younger guy. I have a thought um, on that, but I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, why we don't see these guys. And, and why we don't see them. That, that is my point. And hopefully you can shed some light on that. It's too easy to complain. You don't, everyone wants to complain and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, I got to put a turn up on my exhaust. I got to get drive shaft hoops or I got to wear a helmet. Oh my God. Safety. Why would I want to ever do that? Oh, I'm going to go off here. This is this one drives it, me up it, the wall. Do it, do it, do it, do it. What? Drob, you, you have all the safety equipment. You had to do it from back in the 2.8 days. So you've got the full fire suit. You've got the shoes. You've got the gloves. You have the, the head sock. You've got the helmet. The what, what have you spent on that? Yeah, I mean, I've... Charles almost chewed my head off the other night. We were talking about this exact <laughs> thing. And I know I complained and you know, bitched about this when I was pulling, right? It's like we, and I'm guilty and everybody's guilty that, you know, if you told me I needed to spend $3,000 to beat someone, I would somehow scrape together the time and the funds to get that done. Yeah. If you told me I needed to spend $500 on safety equipment for them to allow me to pull, I, I would go into an Andrew rant. No, even in base, and and we've seen people do it. These guys, they want to complain. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to wear a full fire suit. I don't want to wear a crash helmet. I'm in a cab. I'm Grow in a sealed a pair. Cab. Look, you are coming in, and you know the, you know who the guy who is complaining about it is? It's a guy who's got eight thousand dollars worth of parts on a fifty thousand dollar truck. I'm sorry, I'm I'm my eyes glaze over. I'm turning. I'm walking away from you. Cram it. You're yeah. full of crap. And you hear, like Charles just said, the guy saying, "I don't need it." for my safety i don't need it for my truck but i can tell you associations are not worried as much about the pullers as they are about the insurance the people in the crowds they absolutely are right uh sleds your trucks breaking loose drive shafts coming off so i think i agree with you evan that is an issue it's easier to cry and whine that that you're gonna see and that's what's hard about having these pulls at fairs or um, TTPA events or even in Burville hosting our own event is like you tell them, you know, these guys have countless, countless hours on the internet talking to people, putting parts on their truck, investigating what are the best parts. And then you tell them, you need to spend a half hour to put a shutoff switch on the back. And it, it's the end of the world. I watch their head explode. You know, when I started with the truck pull. And Goodles that I did this year. Well, the first things I said right off the bat is, you know what? You got to put a kill switch on there. Oh, my God. We don't run that on the website. Why do we need to do that? This is just a stock truck. Yada, yada. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. For a $20 freaking extension cord, you can put a safety shut off. Well, why do we? All right. Three guys- mile per hour antiques are doing it. What's your problem? Exactly. Not only that. You see pictures posted online on social media every day of somebody's goobered up well that they think is just simply the most amazing thing. Well, you want to know the scary part? Is that goobered up well is on the freaking Reese hitch of the truck that's driving down the street next to you. And guess what? It's time for the county fair. I want to come play too. So he's hooking that sled. You got a hill at the other end, big end of the track, where your family's sitting and watching. Now do you want that safety kill switch on there? 
Do you want something there to keep your family from getting creamed if he can't shut down in time because that hitch yanks out from underneath? Yeah, yeah, you do. So you know what? Quit your bitching, spend 20 bucks, put an extension cord kill switch on it, and call it good. It isn't going to kill you. I didn't expect to go in the safety direction. It's a very valid point, and I'm glad we did. But I think another reason why we don't see the trucks come out is guys like us, quite honestly, who have a show like this one where we name drop. And we talk about, hey, we're going to have this pull this summer, and we're going to have this street diesel class. And, oh, by the way, you might see Tony Burkhardt and Derek Rose and Joe Cucci and all these guys and the person listened to it, we're, we're saying that because we're appealing to the fan who might know these names, who doesn't necessarily have a horse in the race. They're like, oh, cool, I want to go. I want to see those guys. But to your average competitor, they're going, oh, crap, I got no chance. Yeah, and I think, you know, getting back to what Evan was saying, when you're looking for a class that's – what number are you looking at, Evan? 700 on the high side? Yeah, and and even that, I don't I, – I wish it wasn't that high, but – in the same aspect, you've already got people out there that pulled with us all summer long that have turbos that are capable of it, that aren't fueling it or pushing it that hard, but you can't turn away. Your, you got to make a class for what you have is what it comes down to. Yeah, and I think it, man, I, I can't say this enough. I think it, my issue with the work stock is, is you may have someone with a work stock truck that has pretty close to the identical horsepower of a guy that's running in, in the two five, we'll call it, right? We're within we're within we'll say a hundred horse, right? That guy's not willing to put the time in the chassis. He's not willing to put the time in the setup in the truck. But he wants to go out and and not get humiliated. So you're trying to build a class for basically two trucks that have identical horsepower, but they don't want to do the equal homework yeah did you get what i'm saying i mean you know we go to these dyno events and there's truck after truck after truck after truck after truck that makes 800 horsepower well and that's the thing and that goes to our our point last week with jake is that they don't want to do the homework they don't want to take the time to learn and be a student of the sport and pay their dues they just they they think well i just spent 50 grand i i'm entitled to first place you know Crowds fall before me. No, no, they don't. So. I just got a participation trophy for every time I ever did anything growing up. I should just win automatically. Yeah, a lot that, of that. That's, lot that's of that. the entire mentality. But you know what? I think we need to wrap this up. Uh, we could go all night talk, yeah, we discussing could. this. But you know what? Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and wrap up Sidetracked. And uh, thank you, Evan. You really gave us a great baseline for some rules and who knows, maybe somebody actually might listen to us. Possibly. Nobody's doing and, that. Yeah, and utilize it. Our teens of listeners might figure something out from my rant. <laughs> yeah, teens. and like I say, I, I, I would encourage, because we are all there at one point in our life, right? If you're a puller, you want to get in the sport, right? You got to get involved. Don't get on the internet and just sit there and talk amongst people with rules. You know, there's... Thumb has has a meeting, Charles and Andrew, every month. 
Every month, uh, typically the third Saturday, except for the month of February, because that's usually farm show. But and, and I bring up thumb just because that's what we're accustomed to. But, but yeah, OSTPA, TTPA, all that. MTTP, the you know, just go to the thing, get five guys, get some rules, present them, and you'll be a lot better off than talking on the internet all day. I'm end done. All right, sounds good. And uh, we'll be back to you in a minute with sidetracked with Armstead and Posh. All right, and we're back let's kind of wrap up the show here tonight thank you again evan booms for coming in giving us a little insight on kind of some rules for some work stock tractors we would be amiss though if we do not bring up any tpa action going on this weekend same time as louisville farm show waterloo iowa brand new poll for the natpa taking the place of the topeka kansas poll Thank you to the Barber family stepping up, getting that pull organized, getting another pull for NATPA West going. Uh, kind of excited to see what goes on there. I know we got some NATPA action coming for you in the near future as far as class rules and that. Hopefully we'll get Bob DeBerg on here and uh, get some rules finalized there. Uh, Nathan, you got anything you want to finalize and get wrapped up here? No, once again, just uh, thanks for having me. It's always uh, fun to get out here. Um, keep listening. It's a great show. Um, it's grassroots. It's national. These guys cover everything. So I think it's a great show, and keep tuning in. Charles? Again, big news coming for this show, so pay attention to that this weekend. We're going to turn Drew loose on the world down there at the National <laughs> Farm Machinery Show. His first time ever visiting that event. And uh, he's also going to be responsible for making that announcement about this show. I hope he can handle the pressure. Yeah, tune in. Uh, we've talked about the network before. Turn in to PRN, Pulling Radio Network on TuneIn Radio. They do do a live feed. They're going to be broadcasting all week from the National Fire Machinery Show. And uh, I'll be on there uh, Saturday afternoon, so be sure to tune in. My name's Andrew Armstead. I'm Charles Posh. And I'm Nathan Drab. Good night. Thanks for stopping by, and thanks again to Nick Meyer, Life Media Studios, and Mark Osborne for his introduction. And have a safe journey to wherever it is that you call home anywhere in the world. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, Boo. Boo. Get out my trailer! I want you out!